Benfica Podcast is one of the founding members of Benfica Independent. Benfica Independent is an independent platform made by fans for fans. And in it, you can find our podcast, along with many other podcasts, along with articles of opinion, video segments, and much, much more. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent, with exclusive contents for our patrons. que no estás aquí dentro no sabes la grandeza de, de este equipo. Sí, es un club que tiene una grandeza que no se comprende si no estás aquí dentro. Son de una magia única, benfiquista, que solo nosotros sentimos así. Por muchos desgustos que podamos tener, valores más altos se levantan. O valor mais alto que se levanta em termos futebolísticos chama-se Benfica. Quero o Benfica intimidar o adversário. Quero o manto sagrado entrar com vocês em qualquer estado. É isso que eu quero. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dolby Befica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasas, as always, today. This week, actually, coming in a, a, a day later than, than usual. Had uh, needed some time to watch uh, yesterday's game and couldn't push it off or couldn't publish this or stream. But here we are, uh, episode number 457. We'll meet tonight, Tiago, also known as Saucy. What's going on, brother? What's going on, Alfredo? It's been a while. Yeah, as uh, yeah. So the, Dave, uh, Dave is having some some internet issues up in Canada. What else is new? And uh, <laughs> so and some power outages also. So he's uh, he's gonna sit this one out. Maybe he'll, uh, he'll, he'll we'll keep him warming up just in case when whenever he's ready. Uh, but here we are, episode four hundred and fifty-seven. Uh, and on tonight's podcast, we will uh, recap the Vizela game, uh, the Maccabi game. Uh, we'll look ahead to Famalicão, and we'll also do a market recap since the last time we were on the air um, was before the first, and uh, we certainly had some some fireworks here at the end of the at the end of the the market, and we'll get into it. So um, let's get right into this Vizela game. I'll give you the lineup, and we'll get started. Vlacodimos was in goal: Gilberto, Antonio Silva, Otamendi, and Grimaldo. Tino and Enzo in the middle, in the middle Neres, Rafa, and João Mario behind Gonçalo Ramos. Of course, um, uh, as we know, Murato is out with, a, with an injury. Uh, and Antonio Silva had to come in despite Benfica having signed the American John Brooks. Is it John Brooks? It is John Brooks, right? They call him the, uh, they used to call him the Wolf, the Wolf Wall when he was at Wolfsburg. What do you know about him, Tiago? Do you know anything about John Brooks? Um, I, I've seen a couple of clips on YouTube. Obviously, you know, that's that's usually what, what we do when we uh, get a signing that we're least familiar with. And um, he's, he looks like uh, your classic big center back uh, that's the enforcer uh, back there. <laughs> and uh, 
I think you know, in, in matches to come, I think we we might we might need that uh, phys- physical uh, statue he has to uh, face some rivals. Yeah, yeah. Um, but look, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not unhappy with Antonio Silva. As a matter of fact, I I think that he's done pretty well. As a, even in the preseason, I don't know if that's your feeling too. But in the preseason, Antonio Silva was always somebody that that uh, impressed me over uh, over uh, Thiago Araujo. Yeah, no, he's 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 a stud. Um, Eighteen years old. Me, yeah, reminds me a lot of uh, Ruben Dias in his younger days. Uh, very calm, collective. Doesn't doesn't try to be too flashy. Kind of you know plays his game and is is just a very good support player and you know we've seen it in these past two games that he's just feels very very comfortable you look at him there's no way that you would ever guess this kid is 18 years old with the composure he plays with yeah one of the youngest uh players one youngest mifika players to ever play in the champions league 18 uh years old in 10 months or something like that it's ridiculous man like you said the, the composure for a kid his age uh playing at this level and I think we saw some of it in the preseason, but preseason is preseason. There's not that level of pressure. There's you don't you're not playing in front of a packed uh, stadium. You're not playing in Champions League. Certainly, he's been for me. He's been a a, a great uh, surprise this early on. And uh, you're right. There, he still has to eat a lot of sopa to get to uh, Ruben Diaz's level. But certainly, he's on his way, man. 18 years old with that composure, and then on top of it, you got uh, Otamendi as a mentor. As somebody that could guide him, as somebody that could teach him, but rarely see the kid get frazzled, which is great. Um, into the game, twenty minutes, uh, give up a goal, Vlakodimus beaten in a near post, and and if it's something that we really don't um, don't don't really crack on Vlakodimus is is for his work uh, between the pipes, but man, given that goal in a in a in that fashion in a in a near post when he's like just a step away from saving it i don't know that that no fica by no figura what do you think yeah i mean we we could we could hold uh vlaco you know or Odie, you know accountable for that goal but so many times he's saved us that i mean he's he's due for for a mistake every once in a while Albeit it was probably not the the best time to commit that mistake. Um, I think that the the defense also has to take a large portion of of the of the culpability for that goal because when Benfica went and signed um, João Vitor from Corinthians, right? Yeah, they got him because he's a speedy center back, and you could see that. Otamendi just doesn't have the wheels to keep up with with these younger players, and that's that's one of my biggest concerns for this team is on that counter attack like that. Does Otamendi have the wheels to keep up with with players that are a lot younger than him and in a lot better physical shape than he is? Yeah, no, I have to say I have to agree with you, um, and I think that the fact that uh, that our our fullbacks play so projected into the attack it always leaves that gap between the fullback and the center back that is a big lane for somebody to run into and fetch a ball because obviously Otamendi is not going to be much to the side to be able to cover uh, that ground he's going to be a little bit more central so it leaves a lot of room in defense for somebody to penetrate that and even to, for a long pass for somebody 
to run onto the ball. So, yeah, that, that's been our, our thing in terms of the way we play. Even with JJ, where we played with a high uh, back line, we always had those issues with Otamendi and Vertonghen. And now, you know, the teams are, are finding ways to, to expose us. But, yeah, I, I thought he was late getting to the ball. But that shot, that shot has to be Vlakodimus's man. It was. Right. I think. I think it was just a really good play shot, though. If you look back at the replay, it was a very, very nice play shot. Like it, it, it still careened off the the post before going into the net. I, I just, I know yeah. Vlako right before, right before he he made the finals, the stance to to try to save the ball. You you see, he kind of peeks over his shoulder to see where the post is. And I really think that he thought it was going to hit the, the the side netting, but he he snuck it between the hands and and the post. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe he wasn't expecting a near a near post shot, and maybe he was cheating a little bit to the or some or something with that that hard something that hard because that shot was was came pretty pretty quick at him. Yeah, so Benfica with uh, most of the possession in the first half, uh, Vizela playing in in a low block, very com- very compact and and very uh, funneling the game through the middle, which is where Benfica does pretty well with Rafa coming in the middle, with Neres coming into the middle. Uh, so Vizela had that on lockdown, and then they would just go on these on these counterattacks. Uh, but the thing is that, and I have been seeing this as of late, there's a, a lack of sharpness in that final third, whether it's the last ball or whether it's a, a pass that's going to break through a guy or behind the defense. We're lacking some of that sharpness, and I think that there was a, a lot of times that uh, that's what, what really did us in, that would interrupt our good play our good build-up play and then by the time we got into the final third and make that last pass or or the second to last pass to put a guy through we would always miss that um that pass uh so into the into the locker room we went with Benfica down uh one nothing or or oh one whatever you want to call it um and uh and Roger Smith makes makes a couple changes um he, he made sure that that the the the, the fullbacks were, were very wide. Uh, tried to get Benfica to play the game as wide as possible, so you could stretch out that that Vizela uh, defense. But also, uh, and I don't know how you feel about this, man. But I'm watching the team play, and all those combinations in front of the box and not shooting, man. That annoys me to no end. But it seems like in the second half, they had orders to shoot. Yeah, whatever whatever Roger Schmidt does in the halftime locker room, it seems to work because Benfica the past couple games, second half comes out looks like a complete different team, and uh, he's very good at making adjustments. Um, I I also think that you know it's very early in the season, and he's not. I don't think he's used to teams like they do in Portugal just parking the bus on him. So I think they have they they have to kind of work that out. Uh, the season is still very young, and I'm and I'm sure that you know it's it's going to take some some getting used to, uh, and some more strategical uh, tactics planned out for for teams like this because you know to see smaller teams that's that's what they do they they frustrate Benfica with parking the bus and we don't really have players like you said earlier like the final third the pass. Um, yesterday after the game, one of the commentators from uh, from one of the Portuguese networks said that Rafa is so good, has such good qualities, but his last pass 
almost yeah. never makes it to where he wants it. And that's why he's still on Benfica and not on a, on yeah. a high prestigious team because he lacks that ability to make that, that final pass in the final third. Yeah, and, and we saw an example of that against Maccabi yeah? yesterday that he, he dribbled a couple guys, then megs a guy, is on a breakaway with two of his teammates, and then he just puts the ball behind Joao Mario. Yeah. It's so frustrating. So frustrating. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but uh, nonetheless, you know, Befiga showed themselves a lot better in the 66-minute ouchness for, for Tino and Musa for, for Enzo. Uh, Joao Mario dropped into the midfield. Uh, then in the 75th minute, Ba came in to, for Gilberto to give a little bit more more speed in that wing. And uh, in the 76th minute, we would get the equalizer. We're still some some time. A little bit of uh, a jinga, some juke action from, from David Neres and uh, off of a Ba assist. And he was able to to bury it. And it was, um, it was a nice goal. It was a nice goal. And I think the stadium needed that. Because yeah, everybody no. felt very unnervy. Unner- yeah. nervous and, and you know just, but it was it was good just uh, he's they they need to do that more often they got people who could shoot as we saw in yesterday's game too we got people who could shoot from outside the box i just don't understand why sometimes they feel the need that they have to literally almost dribble the ball into the net yeah one two pass the goalie that's what they want to do i don't know what's going on shoot the ball yep these guys have to be able to shoot the ball uh and then you know, we get to the the controversy, the the missed PK on Gonzalo Ramos, and uh, the subsequent ye- second yellow card, and 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 the the red card, and on a foul that clearly existed, but uh, the referee decided that uh, it was not a foul, nor did he go to the VAR to check it out. Uh, and as as karma would would uh, would have it for us. Um, the shot by Rafa hit somebody in the back and hit uh, the arm of a Vizela player in the 90-plus uh, time added on, uh, and João Mario converted a 2-1 uh, at the end of the game. João Mario also picking up uh, a, a second yellow card for his celebration for taking his shirt off, uh, and the first yellow card had been for words, apparently. Uh, but look, it's more of uh, what we've seen in terms of uh, refereeing in Portugal, where there seems to be guys that are on a different wavelength, guys that are like to be protagonists uh, and not are not just there to, to referee the game and, and to be invisible. And uh, certainly Verissimo, or Verdissimo, uh, like uh, many people call him, uh, turned out to be a protagonist in this game. Uh, Benfica's already appealed to Gonçalo Ramos' suspension and has already been denied. Um, because he's not Palhinha, of course. But, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things, man. Uh, the first one is a clear penalty. The second one, you you could see it both ways because it bounces off the back. But the thing is that the player is extending his arm to increase the volume of his body. So if it hits off the back and it hits off an arm that is outstretched by the player, I think you got to call that a penalty. I think if it was called against Befica, I would have accepted it. But the Gonzalo Ramos is just—it's just too blatant. What do you think? You know, it's—I was—I was so confused watching it when 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 he didn't call that PK. I was confused. I was like, how how can you number one not not even ask the VAR? Like, it, it's it, that's beyond me. But then like you start thinking, is this guy out to screw Befica this game? And then right after he gives. 
a penalty for something that is a lot less clear than the first opportunity he, he had to give a penalty. And it's like, what the heck is going on? Like, is is he here to screw us? Is he not? What what is what is going through his through his mental psyche right now? Because this is this makes no sense. I mean, like you said, Alfredo, that that second one, I, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, it's not a penalty kick because he has his back. No, he you could see when he jumps, he opens his arm. His yeah. arm is not up against his body. He's using his arm as a to extend his body and the ball touches his arm. It's a it's a penalty kick. If if the arm is up against the body and it hits the arm, then then you have you have a clear contention that it's not. But when you put your arm out like he did, like and you could see both both PKs. The first one you could see as clear as day. The player, the Rizella player, throws himself back. That's clear as day. And then the second one, when he when he turns, he knows the ball is going to come. So you see him open up his arm to outstretch his arm to make himself wider. So that's that's a clear PK too. I mean, I've seen things in in Portuguese soccer uh, called for a lot less than that. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I, I just. Uh... I don't know, man. It, it's hard, and it leaves me kind of scratching my head. And Benfica, the totality of the game, nine fouls, seven yellows, and two reds. I mean, if you're looking at this, how ridiculous is this, man? With nine fouls, you got seven yellows and two reds out of nine fouls the whole game. Uh, Benfica, as you're looking at the, the, the stats that are put up uh, via goal point, uh, dominating in, in every single category, uh, shots, uh, shots on target, actions in the, the the box, the opposing box, corners, uh, pass efficiency, uh, pass effi- vertical pass efficiency, uh, you know, you name it. But there it is, nine fouls against ten by Vizela, and uh, and then we had the cards that we we had seventy two percent of uh, of possession. And then the, the Vizela coach has the audacity to come out and said that they were almost in, in as little words or in as many words that that the result was unjust and they should have gotten there out of there with, with points. I don't get it. It's a very very typical um, uh, very typical Portuguese coach uh, post game interview. Uh, when they lose is because Benfica has the more money and the quality of the squad's not the same and yada yada. When they lose with games like this, oh, we could have, you know, we could have came out of here with some some points and that, yeah, that's that's that you could have, you know, until Romario scored the goal, you were gonna come out of there with at least one point. But yeah. the thing is, when you look when you look down the stat sheet, they they don't look deserving of coming out of there with not even a point. So no, it's, not at it's, all. You look at the sat. They had seven shots. Two of them were on goal. Of course, one was the goal. Uh, four actions in in Benfica's uh, in Benfica's box. Four corners. Sixty-three uh, percent pass efficiency. Uh, but it's just ridiculous. Twenty-eight percent. I, I mean, how do you? With 28% of possession, how do you come out of the game and said that the result was unjust, that you deserved more? I don't. I just don't understand. And I think that you're right. It's 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 part of the the Portuguese culture and a lot of these coaches. And you kind of saw the same thing at uh, with Sergio Conceição today in the presser against Atlético Madrid, where 
he felt that the game shouldn't have been called uh, uh, or should have been called prior to the corner kick being being taken you know and then he said oh you know we got we got b players in this in us in in the bench and we brought these guys and these young players and blah 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 and the money that's always the the be a graceful loser you know don't yep. bring up all these arguments that you have no right because at the end of the day when you go watch the game you're probably going to feel like an asshole because you spoke out of your ass with not having any type of of awareness of what went on in a game yeah it must be something must be something that the coaches up north drink yeah yeah, but this guy, I mean, he's he's given Bifika problems that we, you know, we've we've seen him before, and and look, uh, it's always difficult to come up against him because he's a guy that plays ultra defensive, defensively, and he, you know, you got to give credit to the guy because he, he he's he sets up the teams pretty well, uh, but at the end of the day, if you have twenty eight percent of possession, and you had four actions in Bifika's area. That's that's not a some a stat indicated indicative that you should have come out with points. Really isn't. Yeah. It really uh, isn't. Alfredo, the the four actions in the box, you could say, oh, four actions in the box. But then you look over at Benfica forty nine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's when you kind of start thinking like, hey, what is this guy? You know, what did this guy drink? Yeah. No, I, you know, I, I agree. Uh, and Diogo Reyes is saying that uh, Vizela felt small. And, and when he says small, meaning the bigger teams always get, you know, the benefit of the doubt or the, benef- the benefit from the referees. So the smaller teams always get, you know, screwed. Uh, but, but when you put that type of product on the field, and, and regardless, uh, of whether it was a good defensive display or not, what wins goals, what wins games is scoring goals, and we, when you don't have that many actions that are going to create opportunities, going to get you those goals, you can't say that the result is unjust. I'm sorry, you just can't. You just can't. I don't, I don't buy that small club thing. You could ask our our uh, our brethren up north what happened with the recently promoted Rio Ave. Yeah, small club, three nothing at halftime. You know. Sometimes you just gotta you gotta you gotta want it bad enough yeah. to, to, to do it, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Turning our attention now to uh match day one of the Champions League. Benfica uh hosted Maccabi Haifa from Israel. Uh, Benfica won the game uh two nothing. Uh and I'll give you the lineup real quick. Uh we had uh Vlakodimush in in goal, uh Ba Tony Silva, Otamendi and Grimaldo, Tino and Enzo, Neres, João Mario and Rafa, behind Gonçalo Ramos. Um, Ba coming in for Gilberto, and, and maybe, Thiago, it, it speaks a lot about um, having the ability to come back and maybe play or, or defend better than Gilberto. Because Ba has that stamina and has that engine to go back and forth. So I don't know if that was the reasoning behind the move and behind the choice of, of uh, Ba instead of Gilberto against uh, Maccabi. Uh, but, but certainly, you know, it's, it's something, and we've, we've talked here all the time that those two guys are interchangeable. And we haven't had this type of quality at, 
we're talking about Gilberto, but Gilberto has come a long way. But we haven't had this type of quality at right back for quite some time, and now we have two guys that if one comes in and the other one stays out or vice versa, we're not complaining about it. So I don't I'm I'm pretty happy with Ba. And then Tony Silva, of course, another excellent game from him. Um and I thought that uh you know I think that I was on a, I was on a, a Maccabi Haifa podcast uh, from Israel, uh, just talking about Benfica, um, and one of the things that they they asked me about is you know what are our expectations for the group, uh, and I told them the whole thing with with the group and, and being a team, especially of their caliber in part four, and not that they haven't had a, a good pre qualifier campaign. But the thing is that going in uh, as a team in pot four, almost none of the pressure is on you. Every single ounce of pressure is on the team from pot one, the team from pot two, and the team from pot three. So when Maccabi steps into Stade Luge and has that beginning stage of, of a little pre- pressing Benfica and, and coming to Benfica, uh, that's just because you just not not careless but at the same time you don't have anything to lose that's probably part of the speech of their coach you have nothing to lose but uh you know and i think at the same time if Fika realizes that look despite this team being in pot four we're playing the champions league uh and i think that you can't underestimate any team in a champions league every team has had their merits to get to the to the champions league and, and have done it with with quality uh, team or quality players so I think that in, in terms I think it was a good lesson for Benfica to learn that you can't underestimate teams you just got to go at them uh, and I think that Benfica was a little surprised in the first half and I, I thought that the team didn't play its best football in the first half but um, after after going again into the locker room Thiago uh, Musa comes in for Ramsh Right, and if it was something Ramos hasn't been playing all that that well in the past few games, and the thing that Musa brought, and I think that was, this was the reasoning, is the fact that he could hold the ball and he can combine with the wingers or the fullbacks or the guys from the midfield, which is something that that Gonzalo Ramos doesn't do as well. He's got quickness; he could press. Musa can't press, um, but it, it's just one of those things that again, the the move at the half made um, things happen. I don't know. Then uh, we had uh, two goals inside the first 15 minutes of the second half, and and after that, you know, it was, it was basically almost game over. What you, would you think, man? What would you think of um, of this, the first half and, and then the second half with the moves? Well, first, first half, um, we go back to that same Benfica that's just kind of, you know, Going along with the rhythm of the game, just kind of trying to feel it out. And um, I think Maccabi actually played really, really well. You know, they they pressed Benfica, they played man to man. They they didn't give Benfica the spaces they needed to 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 formulate their their game plan. And again, it, it's whatever Roger Schmidt is saying at halftime. These guys are are buying into it. And you know, Benfica comes out, and right away, it's you know, it's that that one one two pass touch and and they just keep the ball moving and that seems to work very well for Benfica. Um Musa Musa is actually 
a lot better player, like you said, when it when it comes to playing that that type of of uh, of one two touch ball. Um, Gonzalo Ramos to me is 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 if you really think about it, he's he's not really a true number nine. I would I would he's kind of like what Rodrigo was back in the day to Jonas that kind of that support yeah. that support player for for the number nine. But yeah. you know they they proved again you know that that one two touch ball that Roger Schmidt has has said time and time again that that's what he wants them to do and. When they do it, they look good. You know, they they look like they they can't be they can't be beat. Yeah, no. Uh, Reigning Entertainment is saying uh, that he he also thinks that Gilberto and Neres have a slight better con- connection. It's possible. You know, both being Brazilian, and both kind of understanding and interpreting the game in the in that Brazilian mindset. I, I can see how there's chemistry there. Um, I think the the biggest thing when uh, when Baz on the field is the fact that Neres is too close to the line and he doesn't open up space for Ba to get into the behind the defense out from a wide position because he's all, almost always occupying the same spaces. If you guys, uh, I don't know if you guys noticed that, uh, but yeah, Timo's saying that Moose is way better to back to the goal. Yeah, no, nah, I agree. Um, the way he receives passes with a single touch and, and, and turn effortlessly. Yeah, that, it's, it's a guy that plays in that position that's his, his natural habitat, if you will, uh, and is a guy that's comfortable feeling that, you know, holding guys off, you know, with that wide stance uh, and then making those, those little, the little passes. But I also agree with you. I'm, I'm not totally convinced by Musa. I think that Rodrigo Pinho who scored two goals for the B team this past weekend, is a guy that does that pretty well also, at least from, from when, when he was playing, when he played uh, the game before he got injured. Uh, he played pretty well, and, and there was a couple times that I said, well, that's that's nice um, that he does that. But, uh, you know, maybe uh, Roger Smith is, is also prepping him uh, in a B, giving him rhythm to see if, um, if he could play. Because right now I think that you look at our forwards – uh, Ramsh, Rouge, uh, Musa, and Pinu, and I don't think any of those guys are at a level that we would expect a, a Benfica center forward. What do you think, Tiago? Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, if we, if you, we want to go back and and look at you know forwards from past seasons, Jonas and Cardoso, the the two, you know, the the two of the the latter ones, um, you know. These guys don't don't compare, you know, any anywhere near close to what those guys offered and what those guys brought to the table. Although Musa is is more of a Cardozo esque type player, uh, Cardozo was also very good with his back to the net and and offered offered that that one touch ball too. Um, but it's just I think it's just the type of the type the the style of play that. Roger Smith has implemented on this team that Gonzalo Ramos fits in that role because he he wants the team to be mobile, you know. Yeah. Hence why Yaramchuk didn't work out with with this style because he wasn't very mobile. He was a very stationary number nine, and yeah. I don't think that falls into this style of play. I think that's why Ramos has gotten the most playing time out of all the forwards because he fits exactly. Schmidt's play style. 
Yeah. No, and it was something that I said about Yaram Chuk and understanding, you know, the the high press. I always said, I'm I'm not sure that Yaram Chuk fits this uh, this game model, uh, pressing because he's 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 like you said, he's a guy that has a very small action area in terms. Of, I mean, if you look at his his typical heat map, is he's in the heart of the box, very central, doesn't get wide too much. Uh, and I thought he was always going to struggle. I think that uh, Gonzalo Hamsh has kind of, I think he's earned the spot because of his work rate. He's a kid that, that works his ass off on the field. But in terms of finishing, he leaves a lot to be desired and some touches also. Um, my hope is that Enrique Rouge will, will develop uh, into the player that we expect him. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about Musa. Uh, I'm curious about Pinho see if if those if Roger Smith can integrate those guys and have them somehow contribute but the thing is and somebody was saying um and Diogo Reis was saying I think and he's talking about Musa I think as he bangs in a few he's going to grow in confidence and into a beast and and for forwards um the the repetition and getting getting those chances and putting away goals is what's going to build up their confidence and and their their mental ability because forwards live for goals they don't live for assists they live for 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 goals so if they're not scoring that's another notch that you're going down in in your confidence perhaps and i think that uh that gonzalo Ramos is not going through a through a very good patch right now and we, we had had bigger hopes uh but now with him being out against Fomalicão, uh we're gonna have to see. Uh, we're gonna have to see if Musa. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So, uh, an important win for for Benfica against uh, Maccabi, and I'll, I'll throw up some some stats here. And uh, the only uh, very different game, obviously, from from the Vizela game. Fourteen shots for Benfica, five of them on on target. Uh, Twenty actions in the opponent's box. Uh, two corners against four from Maccabi, which is one of the three stats that they beat us in uh 85% uh pass efficiency 70% of vertical pass efficiency um 12 action 12 defensive actions in the opponent's midfield um and uh, Maccabi had 15 uh 13 fouls for uh, Benfica's 12 fouls for for Maccabi and 56% of possession uh for Benfica um and forty-four uh, percent for Maccabi. But Tiago, what what did you think of this Maccabi team? You think it's a te- it's a team that could compete and give uh, maybe Juventus and, and PSG uh, a little bit uh, a little bit hard competition? Yeah, I think I think a lot of people are underestimating them. But you know, like you said earlier, every team that's in this competition, it's because they belong in this competition. They weren't just awarded a place here. You know they earn their place here so every team comes here they want to you know this is this is champions league this is the the creme de la creme so to speak and yeah they, they're here to to compete you know even if they they get their butt kicked they're gonna they're gonna fight and they fought yesterday against Mefica and you know at the end of the day it's it's I've always alluded to one thing that that Mefica has done for many many years it doesn't matter which coach is something they lacked in the past couple of seasons is Befica always has that you know what I mean? Yeah. They had those 15 minutes of game 
where they kill the game. And it's something that was lacking, and now I'm starting to see it again. And yesterday was was just another another point to prove, you know, 15 minutes they kill the game. And it's just good to see Rafika back on the on the W column. And as of right now, we're in first place. So hopefully we can hold on to that. Yeah, we're we're in first place because of our goal <laughs> differential. Uh, PSG um, beat Juventus uh, 2-1. They were up early, but then Juventus came back, and, and I think it was tight down the stretch. I think that PSG had to uh, had to defend uh, pretty well, uh, not to concede that uh, that equalizer for Juventus. Uh, but look, I think it's very important to um, to start the campaign with a win. Um, and the fact that we got Maccabi Haifa as the first game, I, I thought it, it was it was good just to get that that early jitters off. The guy, some of these guys have never played Champions League, uh, and I know that you know hearing lining up and hearing the the Champions League anthem uh, could be something that um, that is is a little bit nerve wracking and and can can elevate your levels of anxiety as well as your, as your levels of, uh, of, uh, adrenaline. Uh, but certainly it was good. Let out of the way. Uh, and I think that Tiago, and, and you could tell me if this is where, how you feel also, but I think that the most important for Benfica in this campaign is to be able to get close to maximum points at home as you can possibly can, because that's, that's going to be nine points right there. And if you get all those nine points at home, you're in good shape. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the the Stade Delusion is always going to be a place where Rafika is going to have to try to, you know, put on their best performances and try to take as many points as they can. Um, I can tell you right now, Juventus yesterday played very well against uh, PSG. They didn't lay down after going down 2-0. Uh, so I don't expect them to give us anything in uh, Turin uh, next week. And I, Rafika ultimately is fight, is going to fight Juventus for that second place. And yep. uh, it's going to – because now we're going to have to play Juventus and then we play the, the home and away game with PSG, which is two back-to-back very, very challenging games. So we're going to have to try to get as many points from the, the – the, the games that we can uh, make yeah. our points to try to to hold on to that second place. No, yeah, I agree with you, and I think that the only wild card is that if PSG and and both PSG and and Juventus get to um, to Haifa, and uh, they underestimate Maccabi, and Maccabi maybe pulls out a tie against them. And I think that's the one thing that could throw a monkey wrench into this group is that because other than that, I, I think that you know we we see PSG cruise uh, through the group stages because of there's just a level of talent and the weapons that they have. Uh, but I think that they I've seen them slip up in league on uh, overestimating guys and in, 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 in teams that that play them in, in a certain style. So I mean you never know. You never know, but I'm I'm positive about this campaign. I don't know if if you have the same the same mindset, and I think that you know we're we're all in agreement that this is not the best Juventus of the past five years. So maybe that's where the opening comes. 
Yeah, I, I mean, Alfredo, I, I kind of want to play already the Juventus and the PSGs of the world because everybody is is very happy, and I'm very happy about you know starting the season with ten wins and, and no losses. But we haven't had anybody that we've gone up against that has really given us like you know like a PSG or, or Juventus yeah. or even a Porto, and. It's, I, I just I really want to see what this squad could do up against a team like that because against Vizela it, it looked it looked like they, they you know they struggled a little bit. Uh, the previous game, what was the previous game before Vizela too, which was was Pasch. very Pasch was was another one that was kind of like oh my god, like you know like I understand it's it's the team is is very new together and the coaching is is very new, but. This team sometimes leaves me very, very nervous with certain aspects of the game, and I just wonder, you know, if these these small teams can't capitalize on those mistakes, how will these big teams punish us if we make those same mistakes against them? And that's kind of like where I'm at now. Like, I want to see, okay, what do what do we match up against the Juventus? Where do we match up against the PSG? Where 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 does this like where is this team really? Because we haven't really played any team of substance yet. You know? Yeah. So I No, I, I get that. I look I think it's twofold, right? Uh because I think that despite playing PSG and Juventus, which on paper are much superior to Benfica, I think that, that Roger Smith is going to stay true to his game idea and his game model. But the thing is that when we expose ourselves against Vizela, maybe we have a scare once or twice through the game. If you play dead high and you don't have the speed in the back to to pick up guys and to get guys, it's going to get ugly. Think about Mbappe and Mm -hmm. Neymar, you know, with the speed that they have getting behind defense, uh, you know, with a ball from the midfield. That's that's not going to be good. So I don't know, but I could could see us being somewhat true to our ideas, uh, but I don't know how it's gonna work in terms of how bad we're gonna expose ourselves in the back, and I think that's the the one thing that that scares me the most because as I mentioned, you go against these Tougon teams, uh, and most of the time they're gonna defend with ten guys behind the ball, uh, and then you play against a team like Juventus or even Maccabi wasn't playing with the whole team behind the ball they were they were defending well and they were springing counter-attacks but i think that when you come up against the juventus man you, you're going to be in trouble so i'm i'm curious to see how, how roger smith sets up the team and how the team approaches games i think i, I would love to see benfica high press juventus high press psg but we all know that the quality of players that they have are guys that are going to find a pass to escape that high press. So, but it, it'll be interesting. But as Timo says, uh, can't write ourselves off before we even play them. Juventus yeah. and PSG. You can't. Because, do look. You, do you think that, uh, I don't know if you, yesterday during the game against Maccabi, he went and uh, took, um, I forgot who he took off and put Arshness in and was playing with Arshness, type of like a pivot midfielder. With uh, Dino yeah. and uh... yeah, he took out Nersh. He added yeah. another. He added uh, Ausnes to um, to the midfield to to close up some of those spaces that were on the midfield and to allow Enzo and Timo to uh, Tino to uh, to press a little higher. 
do you, do you was, think was, was do you think that 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 was that was uh that it's was possible. A, a, a plan already kind of to to play against these bigger teams like PSG who had you know crazy midfield players and attack a lot through the center of the field yeah no it's possible that we'll see some kind of a uh, a triangle formate whether it's an inverted one or whether it's a, a, a upright one uh, I think there's one way to do it to to play with three guys in the midfield to that 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 press that cover that kind of provide the balance uh, that uh, that cover for guys that that go up that cover for for movements in the back of the defense uh, I don't know it's very possible it's very possible the thing is that we really up until as you mentioned this time where we were playing with three guys in the middle with Auschwitz this past game we it hasn't been a system that we have seen drilled and tried so I don't really know if that's something that we're ready to introduce um, to start a game to be honest with you but uh, yeah. I, I don't think anything surprises me with Roger Smith, especially because of the reads that he makes. He's watching these games, and it's almost – and Chris, you've heard Chris and you've heard me saying here that he doesn't understand how him on his couch watching TV, he could tell exactly what's wrong and what changes needed to be made and a coach with an assistant coach that has an, uh, an earpiece to a guy that's all the way up in the rafters that has a different view of the game is not making those moves. And when you look at Roger Smith and everything that he's done so far, and, and hopefully he'll continue to do it, he's made every right change, and the changes that he's made have had impact on the game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think that we kind of have to trust the whole process and, and trust that Roger Smith is going to approach this Juventus game and this PSG game with – a clear idea of what he's going to find in these teams and where we could be exploited and also could exploit these teams. So we'll see, but it's always good to start with three points. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and rock and roll and 10 consecutive wins, official wins, not counting the preseason wins. First time since 82, 83, I believe. Yeah. If you starts off 10 and all. So yeah. long time. Many, many, I, uh, many yeah, years. I, th I think that uh, 14 is the record by uh, by Ericsson. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. 14, yep. Either 14 or 16. Yep. Uh, turning our attention now, and we haven't been here since uh, since the market closed, but uh, Thiago, from, from 1 to 5, how do you rate, uh, how you rate this transfer window for Benfica? I would probably have to say a 3. Um, really? They, yeah, I mean, I was I was happy with with the, a lot of moves that they made. I th I think that we were we were still missing a couple of pieces. Um, Draxler came and kind of, you know, on that loan, it was kind of like un tapa burak type of acquisition. Um, really? You think he's a tapa burak? Yeah, because it's like you need a ten, but he's not. From what what I've heard is he's not going to play the ten position, so it's like, where where are you going to put him on the wings? So it's kind of like it, it's, I don't, I don't know if that was was probably the best move they could make, but I mean they nonetheless he's a world class player. He's here uh, for a year, so we got to get as much use out of him as possible. Um, I still think we sh we should have gotten a another keeper, uh, at least. 
Yeah. And um, we need we need a number nine. We don't have a tried and true number nine, I don't think, right now. Yeah, I think we need a guy that's going to be at a level that's above any of the four guys that we have there. And I think that that was one thing that we're clamoring for. But we're also looking for a guy that could play in between lines, a creative guy. And I think that if he could fill that role with uh, Draxler, there's a lot of question marks in, th- in terms of what he's going to be able to contribute to this team. He was He's on loan from PSG, and this was something that I mentioned, that now that we've made the Champions League, now Benfica is, is going to be more appealing to any French players at these big clubs that may not want to come to Portugal because Benfica is not playing the Champions League. But I think we, we kind of opened it up, and had it not been for that guy that was at that small airport in, in, in the suburbs of Lisbon, taking a picture of Draxler, nobody would have never known that Draxler was in Portugal and signing for Befica. Yeah, very quiet move. It was nice, man. I liked it. I like it. I like it. Silent. Silent and, and nobody knowing what's going on. But I, look, I like I said, there's question marks about Draxler, about what is, is, his health. Uh, he was available for uh, yesterday. Uh, and uh, I think Roger Schmidt said that maybe he would, he'd give him some minutes yesterday, but he didn't. Uh, but he's a guy that uh, that we need, and hopefully he can make a, a, an immediate impact. But looking at this win, I mean, you, you give it a three. I don't know, man. Um, I understand the guys that we, that we needed that we didn't go get. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, another keeper above Lacudimus uh, would have been, been great. Uh, but I think it was so much was hinged on that Vlakodimos cell because we all know that Vlakodimos is not a good bench keeper because yeah. of, of the problems that he's created in the past. Uh, but but yeah, even even a, a, a another left back unless we're we're content with Ristich. Uh, but yeah, a guy in between lines and a forward that's what a, my priorities would have been. The keeper, yeah, I would have liked it. But if we have to go two out of three, it's those two guys. Uh, so we brought in uh, Fredrik Auschnes, Peter Musa, uh, Ristich, Ba, Nerj, Juan Vitor, uh, Enzo, Draxler, and John Brooks. And, and John Brooks, uh, a last-minute um, acquisition by Benfica because uh, Muratu um, got hurt, Vodissium is hurt, Juan Vitor is hurt, and Vertonghen uh, went to, to Belgium. Um, and... Uh, you know, so we had to pick up John Brooks because uh, you know we're only going to have uh, two center backs for the next uh, three, four weeks, maybe more. So we we needed to go grab uh, we needed to go grab John Brooks, and, and which is fine, and especially for us that are here on on this side of of the of the pond in in America, it's always good to see an American uh, play for Benfica, even though he's not that that top notcher. American that we would love and uh, but I don't know I think he could be helpful and uh, maybe he'll become more than just a number uh, but from from the things I've seen uh, and like you said Tiago before physical guy physical presence tough uh, as a guy that's the enforcer you know but you know look we needed that uh, extra center back because uh, if uh, if Otamendi gets hurt or if Otamendi picks up a red card you got nobody yeah Nobody. Uh, but the thing that impressed me the most about Benfica's summer uh, window is 
how many players they were able to uh, to take care of. Uh, that's even... that's exactly the, uh, that's probably what made me the happiest about the transfer window was getting rid of some of these players that were just eating up salary space, you know. And and there there was a couple of them with with bigger salaries that uh, you know left, which is good, and some. You know that should have left that haven't left yet that should be on their way out soon i hope um yeah. and just starting new starting new giving this coach a real opportunity to 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 succeed and you i i like roger schmidt as soon as he came in you know he he didn't play the game of oh you know maybe this guy will stay or maybe no listen this guy is no good i don't want him get rid of him you know and that's that's what we needed. We needed somebody. Let me tell you, because I don't I don't think me and you have spoken about this. Um, I was when when they announced Roger Schmidt as the next coach, I got I got excited. It's somebody that you know I did too. Is isn't 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 in this 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 mix of um, Portuguese coaches that that are that are not good for for our our league or even, even, you know, our country in, in Portugal, it's like some of these coaches, you know, the coaches, the, what I call them, the rotating coaches, you know, they're here one, one season and they're on the next team, the next season. And, and uh, I think Benfica just needed a fresh start, uh, a, a different style of play. And they brought in Roger Schmidt and he, you know, he's implemented this, uh, this new, more modern, modernized way of playing the game. And, you know, he came in and he, these players that we had, majority of them didn't, you know, didn't fit into this. So, yeah, I'm just glad they got rid of a lot of this, uh, these players that, that didn't belong on this team to begin with. Yeah. No. And look, I, I, I like Roger Schmidt. I've, I've always liked the style. I was impressed by when we played uh, PSV last, uh, last season in the qualifiers. I was impressed. Uh, he's had an, an interesting uh, career so far. Uh, and there was a lot of people saying that, you know, uh, Roger Smith, he doesn't know the league, he doesn't know the ins and outs. And maybe sometimes it's better that you don't know because then you're kind of approaching the game with a more pure attitude and mindset, not something that's conditioned by the referee sub or if you go play at the Dragão, all these extra game stuffs ha happen. Or if you go play up north in this stadium, these extra, you know, extracurricular things are, are going on. So maybe it was a maybe it's a blessing in disguise the fact that he's not familiar with the with the Portuguese league, and he still got as guys surround him, uh, surrounding him, and both Luizão and Javi Garcia that know what the Portuguese league is about, that know the hazards, that know the bad habits as you go into stadiums. And I think that the the biggest thing is, you know, the way he's approached it. And really, let, let me just say something. The Portuguese media are, <laughs> are, are, and I don't want to offend anyone, so I'm, I'm not going to say the word. Horrible? <laughs> beyond be nice. That, beyond be nice. And these people have gone to... Uh, to school, obviously, I've gotten degrees in, in 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 communication and most likely journalism, right? And they can't ask a guy a decent question. Every question has to be with some ulterior motive or intent yeah. or of 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 trying to get words out of the guy. 
And he's just like he's he's not having he's not having any of it. No, no. He's he's not having any of it. And I think that there was a I think in in uh, Befica's uh, um, press officer stopped one of the journalists, and I think it was um, in the I know in, I know what you're a, talking about in a press in a pre, in a in a pregame press conference. He stopped one of the um, the journalists because the question was extremely irrelevant yeah but I and i forget what the question was now was it about orta about uh the if the, the the director failed or some some along those I, lines I, it, it was, was just such a stupid question it was a stupid that has question. nothing to do with the game like you know it was it was i think it was very unrelated to the game it was just one of those things that you're fishing for um for 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 a comment that you're gonna put on the first page, why? Yeah, but he's very seasoned. You could tell yeah. when he answers these people that he knows he knows already. And I'm and I'm sure that you know the the director of, of communications of Efica. Oh, I know them. what it was. I know what it was. He asked about João Vitor. He asked oh, about yes. he yes. asked about if, being hurt. if if João Vitor had been examined by Benfica doctors before we signed them. Are these the, what kind of silly word world did these people live in? You yeah, spent no. millions of of dollars on a guy, and you're not gonna go through all the tests and all the the rigorous exams to make sure that you're you're not buying a lemon or you're not buying a guy that has a lot of uh, a lot of injury history. Come on, man, are you serious? Yeah, these guys make uh you know they they make people look. Sp- way smarter than them and for guys that went to school and and have degrees yeah, they should be ashamed of themselves but hey maybe that's what the editor wants maybe that those are those are the missions that are that are given them yeah, yeah he's just he's just he's and then this goes back to the the good thing that Benfica signed the coach that's not familiar with the league and is not in the in the circle because you could you could already hear I could I can almost hear JJ answer that in in you know, it's stupid question gets a stupid answer. Yeah. And Roger Schmidt is just above that, so he's he's just gonna yeah. ignore it. You know, Diogo, Diogo Reyes is saying, "Someone tell Tiago we got Enzo, who alone in any year makes our window a five. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, not a five, but maybe a four for sure. Yeah, that was a, what a what a yeah. what a buy, man. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, we 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 got a lot of good players. I don't, I personally don't give it a five because I don't think we completed the roster. Uh, I still yeah, think that we, we're, we're we very, did a lot. We yeah, did we a did. Lot. We, I mean, com, coming from last season, yeah, you know, comparing the the players that we got last year when you know we signed uh, Everton for twenty million, and then we got Pedrinho and all these players who who none of them are here anymore. You know, yeah, so. It's yeah. this is definitely a, a better transfer window, but I yeah. I still think there's there's room to improve. Can't be perfect, man. We no, went, absolutely. We went from extremely shitty to to this one, and we heard uh, we heard Rui Costa today saying that if if you've been keeping up with the team, you know that every every decision that's been made and and every acquisition that's been made has been with the the intent of helping Benfica in a sporting way and not in a financial way. And, I, you know, and I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Um, turning our attention now to Famalicão, which is up next this Saturday 
And this is an early one, so set your alarms. And for those of you who like to sleep late, um, 10.30 if you're here in the, in the U.S., 3.30 uh, Portugal time. Uh, Famalicão is currently one win, uh, three losses and one tie. They're down towards the bottom of, uh, of the table. At home, one win and one tie, so they haven't lost yet at home. But yeah, 3.30 local, 10.30 here in the East Coast, uh, 7.30 for, for Mr. Mello. Because he's out west, and anyone that's out west. Uh, but certainly, um, look, it's just it's just another game. It's just another game up north with another team that's going to be behind the ball uh, after Champions League. I think that there's this run of, of games for for Benfica is going to take a, a a toll on players' legs, especially because you got that core of. 10 players that's been playing every single game almost, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you got, you got Juventus on Wednesday. Yeah. I think, I think this is a good game to give some of those players that, uh, yeah, I could, got much burned. Well, Gonzalo Ramos is definitely going to sit. Joe Mario is going to sit. Um, who else? I, I think that, uh, Gilberto might get a start and maybe, maybe Ba gets a start and Gilberto gets a start on, uh, on Wednesday. Depending how Hodger Smith looks like it. Yeah, I think you Draxler know? probably gets a start too here. No, Nick, for Joao Mario. I look, I I think, or is it Ausnes, or is now a dress rehearsal for what we'll see against uh, Juventus in terms of a three-man midfield? I'm yeah. curious. Who I'm knows? Curious. This 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 is this is the good thing about Roger Schmidt. Is is just you know he could he could do so many things now with with the. Uh, the players he has on the bench. And that's one thing that I think Mefica really uh, enforced pretty well this year is like, like Roger Schmidt said, he has a lot of good players uh, in different positions, which allows him to, you know, rotate the squad more, which we haven't seen yet, but hopefully here yeah. soon, he's, he's going to have to start figuring out a, a secondary lineup he's to give these guys some breaks. The, the thing that scares me the most is that two guys coming off the bench are freaking Chiquinho and yeah. Gonçalves. That's I don't know. I don't know, man. Gonçalves, Gonçalves, not as much. Chiquinho just kind of always looks lost. I, I just I have no confidence they're, they're, in him. Even they're both players. Not they're not for they're not Benfica caliber players. I could see him at Famalicão. I could see him at other teams. And I think that Chiquinho has done really well when he was at Moreirense and other teams. But I just and Gonçalves was at Famalicão. But I just don't see him being. You don't. You don't think he's good off the bench? No. I don't know. No. I, I mean, he. É muito trapalhão. É um trapalhão. He's. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's not as bad as Chiquinho though. Chiquinho to me is probably no, a little worse. I, than... I don't. I don't think Chiquinho adds much, and I think Gonçalves, aside from you know his some of his speed, I don't think he has much. We haven't seen Gil Diaz, of course, and for obvious reasons. Oh my God! Thank God. Uh, but, but yeah, I think. Uh, in in the winter window, maybe we need to get somewhere in terms of having guys that could st that could come on uh, besides uh, Gonçalves and uh, and and Chiquinho. I hope. Yeah, I see, Diogo Reis is saying Draxler still needs time. He he was the one thing about Draxler, he's very injury prone. So it's kind of what Draxler do we get? The one that could stay healthy and and actually help us, or is he going to be the one that's going to be on? In the in the Wulu team, you know, every yeah. every week, so yeah, it's kind but, of 
that's 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 valid that's a valid point man that's a valid and i think that there's a lot of ifikishas that are hesitant the name obviously is synonymous with quality we all know who draxler is as a player and at his prime he's a guy that's that's world class right but the fact that he hasn't played in such a long time and he's had nagging injuries uh how does he arrive at Benfica and I'm sure that Benfica went through the medicals to make sure that he's okay after all I think that Benfica is playing like two two million two million loan fee yeah for for him uh and I think PSG is is paying uh most of his salary if I'm not mistaken if not all uh but uh yeah and Diogo Reis Paul Bernard too and Paul Bernard has been such a a disappointment and I think that maybe he needs a he needs a refresh like like Ferro yeah he needs somewhere he needs to be loaned out and yeah. hopefully comes back like Tino. Yeah, yeah. But Tino is, you know, everybody knows that he's been the, the the biggest surprise for me so far this this season. I mean, he um, was he was good under Lodge when when Mefica went on that stretch. He was he was one of the the core midfield players. He didn't uh, have that 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 vertical passing game, and I guess you could say were those Lodge's orders. You get the ball, you just pass it to the right for the guy to build. Now he has that freedom to build, and you see him driving a lot of vertical balls that he wouldn't normally do. So he kind of added, he either added that to his repertoire, or he uh, he always had it, but he was never encouraged or never had the confidence to do it. Because it takes confidence to drive those balls on the ground. Yeah. Um, into tight spaces, you, you have to be extremely accurate because you got to drive it with power. Uh, but uh, yeah, but uh, we'll, but but I was watching the game last night and seeing Chiquinho and, and Gonçalves coming off the bench. Holy, you know, Lord. you know, <laughs> when that when I saw those two come off the bench, it 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 sends shivers up my spine. Like those guys, like like I said. Diogo Gonçalves not as much, but Chiquinho, he has no right even wearing that jersey. You know, I, I just, that was one of the players that they should have gotten rid of. And I'm surprised that he's still there because he offers nothing, nothing in the sense of quality or, you know, I I, I guess he's just one of those guys who's, who's there to fill up a roster spot. Yeah. He's a good teammate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, Raining Entertainment is saying that I think he thinks that Draxler's recent injuries were were muscle injuries. I you could probably go on transfer market right now and 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 look at to see if you know what type of injuries are because they they listed on there. Uh, I think that uh, when Benfica Independent did their their recap of the transfer window, they went through there. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if they were all muscle injuries. Um, but I think he, he might have been injured, and then he had a setback where you know he, he re-aggravated the injury, uh, something something like that. But look, I think that if he's good, he could be. Oh, he's definitely be a big he could help. Be great man, he could yeah, be great. But definitely. the thing, yeah, here's the other thing. I was talking to you know I was talking to somebody about it, and at the time it was before the 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 close of the market, and. Draxler was already uh, a done deal, and then they were talking about Kaylor Navas uh, to to substitute uh, Vlako Dimas, and I think that 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 deal may have been uh, on top of the table if uh, Vlako Dimas was to leave to Ajax. Uh, but uh, imagine those guys—the motivation they would have to play against PSG. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, Vlako did did. I think he did awesome last year in the Champions League. I think a couple of games we we owe to him. You know. Yeah. So I think I mean, does he inspire the the confidence that a Kaylor Navas does? Probably not. But yeah. I mean, if it's not a, a ball that's crossed into the box, I I feel pretty confident with with uh, Vlakodimos. Now, if that's one of those balls crossed into the box, that's kind of like where I get a little nervous because yeah. he has he's a little apprehensive to to come out and grab it, which I've seen him lately be look. Look a little bit more confident coming out and grabbing some of those balls, but then he gives you nothing as far as the run of play, you know. And even his his uh, his game, the game with his feet too. Man. Yeah, that's what it's I mean. The not... run of the run of play, he doesn't he doesn't offer you much. So it's that, kind of those those big floating balls into the sideline onto the bench area. Those are always we, extremely aggravating. We we miss. I mean, we we the the most recent one we had was Ederson. Ederson was yeah. just... <laughs> and you know what? I like. I, I remember arguing with somebody on Twitter because when I first saw Ederson, I don't think he had the at game at uh, at feet game. Yeah. And and I argued with somebody. He said no. He, and he, he he was always telling me, yeah, yeah, he does. You're gonna see. You're gonna see. And and eventually, you know, you I would be proven wrong, obviously. Uh, but yeah, I think that when you play with a high line, you got to play with a sweeper keeper, and you got to play with the keeper that could use his feet that defenders could play off of. Um, and I think <laughs> there was a couple times that uh, that Antonio Antonio Silva had the ball, and he was expecting Vlakodimus to come and offer a target, and he did it. Yeah, you know. But uh, that's just that's just Vlakodimus. But well, anyway, what I, what I can tell you, Alfredo, uh, to to conclude this is. Um... We gotta give uh, Roger Schmidt some time to establish to to put his full 100% imprint on this team because this team is still has a couple of uh, past coaching imprints and some of his imprints. I think once he finally gets 100% of the squad that he wants, I think this is gonna be a pretty badass team. Yeah, look, I know it's early, but I, I, I always, I expected Benfica to do well, but maybe not to this level. Uh, but we, we have had some, some shaky games in terms of our inability to break down teams that set up really deep and, and, and play with two banks of four. Uh, and sometimes four and, and a bank of five in the back. So I think that if there's anything that we need to uh, progress in and evolve in is we need to find the ability to break these teams down uh, whether it's uh, shots setting up guys for, for shots from, from long distance or stretching them out and, and serving balls into the box to actual targets not just like over the whole the whole defense and over our attacking players into the other side of the field uh, but I think that uh, I'm not completely surprised by Roger Smith, but I, I, there's a level of, of, of expectations that he's he's exceeded for me. So, and that's it, man. That's all we got, Freddy's. Thank you very much for 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 helping us out and 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 being here and keeping us company. Thank you very much. Uh, I know we're we're a day late, but we'll we'll be back to our normally scheduled program. Uh, Tiago, you, you, you still doing a, the social media thing? 
Um, not as much anymore, but I still every once in a while get on there and, uh, you know, just try to see what's uh, going on. Usually the Twitter, I, I tend to follow it more during the transfer market, you know, M10, Jorge dos Transferencias, and, and just keep, you know, Fabrizio, and uh, just keep up with, with the transfer windows. <laughs> now, that it's, now that the transfer window is uh, done, Probably my time on Twitter will uh, diminish a little bit, but nonetheless, you know, every once in a while, I like to go on there and see what's what's the good word. Yeah, Diogo Reyes is asking, are we happier with Draxler or would you guys prefer Orta? No, I'm definitely happy, happy with Draxler. Even though I, I understand and I recognize the, the role and how Orta would fit in this team, and I think that he would be a good addition, but the whole, the whole story and how it dragged out, and the whole soap opera behind this whole Orta thing, the money that they wanted, then Malaga getting involved—I don't know. It was just one of those things that really left a, a sour taste in my mouth, and I kind of feel bad for the player uh, because you say goodbye, say goodbye to the fans, right? <laughs> and then he's still there. Yeah, he's still there, and he's going to be good for them. He's going to be good for them, and, and especially now that that rumor is is done with, you can now concentrate on 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 playing for them. Uh, and uh, you know, the, I think that Braga is a as a as a nice little decent team this uh, this season that will give problems to anyone. But but yeah, no, I I much prefer Draxler. Uh, now ask me three months from now, and maybe Draxler hasn't played a game because he's hurt. And then maybe that's a different story, but I'm I'm hoping that Draxler will be will be healthy and and, and ready to play uh, soon here. So we'll see. Um, you want to give Peter uh, Peter? You want to give uh, people your Twitter uh, handle if um, they want to follow you, or are you not worth a follow? <laughs> I mean, well, a lot of thing. people a lot of people weren't happy with my my 3.0. I mean, I hold. I hold Benfica to a very high standard, so um, you and a lot of other people. But yeah, I mean, uh, Twitter. All, all, actually, all my social media handles are the same. Uh, but, saucy S A U C two E's two Y's three underscores. Uh, wow! All all uh, platforms. Yeah, but here's the thing. Also, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but you're you're a you're a stream you're a game streamer, right? You stream on yes. Twitch? Yeah, uh, part-time, I stream on uh, Twitch, a little FIFA, a little uh, trucking simulation game. And uh, hopefully now with the new FIFA coming out, I'll be on uh, FIFA a lot more. Yeah. Timo says that he would have preferred Orta, more durable, cheaper, and would have been ours, not alone. I, I, I can see that. That's a great point. Yeah, but we could also get rid of uh, Draxler next year, and maybe someone yeah. someone better comes along for a cheaper price. So yeah, but but Timo, could we have gotten somebody better than Orta for fifteen, seventeen? And that price range, was asking us. And younger, I think too. we could. And, and younger. Well, I don't. I don't think he's at a bad age, but certainly, if you're going to invest in a guy that that you're going to offer him a contract of four to five years, and he's. 28 now, I think, yeah, Cortez. 28, yeah, 28, 29. Um, you know, I look, I, I from what I know of Orta and his style, he would fit like a glove in this system. 
But I think the biggest thing that's been a turn that was a turnoff for a lot of people was the price, the price that we were being asked, and Salvador being a dick. I bet you that if Luis Fiera was there, Salvador would have done this deal. I bet you. But you know, it's just it's just one of those things. Look, maybe Draxler will will, will be who Draxler is, and you will you uh, will surprise us all, and it'll be really good. And you know, who knows? But anyway, peeps. That's all I got. Tiago, thanks for coming on, man, and helping out. Anytime, uh, brother. O- hopefully next uh, week we'll, we'll, Dave will be here. Dave was supposed to be here, but uh, as I mentioned, his, uh, his internet and then some power outages where he, uh, up in Canada um, were, um, were preventing him from, from joining us tonight. And Christina will be, will be back soon. Take care, everyone. Later.